Welcome back to Yes X or No Audio. Hello everybody. Welcome back to another week in review. Though the first for the year of 2024. It is the end of week one here at half past five in the morning on Monday the 8th of January. And we begin with section one, the anti-war headlines. Beginning with the genocide. U.S. military sinks three Houthi boats in Red Sea, killing ten. Suspected Israeli airstrikes kill at least six militants in eastern Syria. Israeli military says Gaza slaughter will continue for all of 2024. That's good. We'll have the same thing to report on for a whole year. Israeli finance minister calls for expulsion of Palestinians from Gaza. That's called speaking the quiet bit out loud if ever there was one. Iranian warship enters the Red Sea amid heightened tensions. Freedom of navigation. Two Israeli ministers say resettle Palestinians from Gaza and build settlements in the Strip. More quiet a bit out loud. Survivors of Nova Music Festival sue Israeli security establishment for failing to protect them. British Defence Minister says UK ready to take, quote, direct action, end quote, against Houthis. Israeli drone strike in Beirut kills senior Hamas official. Report. Israel rejected Hamas offer on new hostage deal. US Ben Gvir trade barbs over plan to ethnically cleanse Gaza. No serious discussions within Biden administration about limiting military aid to Israel. Poll. Only 15% of Israelis want Netanyahu to remain in power after Gaza war. Ethnic cleansing of Gaza is becoming, interesting, present tense continuous, an official Israeli government policy. US allies release statement threatening Houthis over Red Sea attacks. White House says... Quote, nobody should shed a tear, end quote, for senior Hamas official killed by Israel in Beirut. Killed, come on Dave DeCamp, murdered. Iran vows a, quote, harsh response, end quote, for bombing that killed over a hundred Iranians. Amid escalation, Israel attacks Hezbollah targets in southern Lebanon. White House slams South Africa's genocide case against Israel. Quite a bit out loud. Southwest Asia, i.e. non-genocide or only loosely related. US drone strike kills Iraqi militia leader in Baghdad. ISIS take credit for bombing in Kerman, Iran, that killed at least 84. Biden campaign staffers protest US support for Israel's Gaza onslaught. October 7 probe ignites tensions between military and Netanyahu's allies. Ukraine slash Russia. Biden again warns the US could fight Russia directly if Congress doesn't approve more Ukraine aid. Putin vows to ramp up strikes on Ukraine after Belgorod attack. The UK has, quote, nothing, end quote, left in its military stockpiles after arming Ukraine. Russia, Ukraine, conduct major UAE-brokered prisoner swap. The US is, quote, out of money, end quote, to arm Ukraine. 
Moving on to East Asia slash China, U.S. aircraft carrier conducts joint patrol with Philippines in South China Sea. North and South Korea fire artillery near border. And then South America slash the Venezuelan Sesquianan dispute. Venezuela sends 6,000 troops to Guyana border, says they'll stay until British warship leaves. And Assange. Bill introduced in House calls for US to drop charges against Julian Assange. Moving on to section two, what other people had to say. We have the genocide. Only 15% of Israelis want Netanyahu to remain in power after Gaza war. So that's sort of a republication of the headline from anti-war at Shearpost. Robert Shear thought that was a good one. And then how Israel leverages genocide with Hamas massacres by uh, Gareth Porter. So just looking at the manipulations. I love Gareth Porter. Old guy, been around a while, knows a thing or two about this sort of crap. And then from Bernard at Moon of Alabama, we have Palestine Sitrap, Hezbollah's response to assassinations by Israel in Lebanon. And Murray, Craig Murray, chips in with Sunak, Cleverly and Shaps could be in the Old Bailey dock for genocide. And a cool one that I missed from the end of last year, Roger Waters talks about Gaza and debuts his new song, Under the Rubble. And that's Scott Horton. So check that out. Audio link direct. See below. And next section, US foreign policy scam, a.k.a. Mickey Mount. And the first article is US foreign policy is a scam built on corruption by Professor Jeffrey Sachs, published at Shearpost, originally from Common Dreams. And then uh, Caitlin Johnston chips in with CNN and Washington Post busted for pro-Israel propaganda shenanigans. And I love the title. Good use of shenanigans there, Caitlin. And uh, a lovely article by the ever-hopeful Vijay Prashad. We need to reverse the culture of decay and march on the street for a culture of humanity. And Gilbert Doctorow, out of Armageddon Newsletter, gives us the enabler of our two concurrent world wars, Washington. And another one from uh, Moon of Alabama. When satire beats you by 18 months. That's cute. Check it out. And then we have uh, Thinking Outside of the Mickey Mat Box. Listen to What He's Saying by Patrick Armstrong. uh, Republished at Natalie's Place, Understanding Russia. And then we have the collection of cool videos. And first up, we have an interview uh, with Ray McGovern, interviewed by... Robert Shear, entitled The Imprisonment of the Palestinian People Was Not an Act of God. <laughs> well said. And then a bunch of stuff from Judging Freedom. So we've got Scott Ritter, Alastair Cook, uh, and Max Blumenthal. And then a couple from the Duran. Uh, first of all, on Ukraine. And then on the cool thing about Niger. Remember that? So, first of all, attrition war depletes Ukraine. Yes, good morning, birds. Attrition war depletes Ukraine. Russia sends powerful SMO message. And then France completes withdrawal from Niger. Cool, right? And lastly, something really cool. So this is from Pascal Lataz, uh, who publishes uh, Neutrality Studies, and it's entitled 
U.S. is where USSR was in 1980s. How to resist. The essay is written by James Carden, who is a member of a group called U.S.-Russia Accord. U.S.-Russia Accord comes out of the idea that it's a really bad idea to have poor relations between the two most armed nuclear superpowers. So it's an idea straight out of the 1980s in a sense. Um, you know, everybody wants peace, don't they? Of course, the rubbish that goes on in the world, well, certainly a lot of the stuff that's generated out of the US, is uh, the old us and them thing. You know, hence the song back to Roger Waters, the song Us and Them. Um, having another to, you know, represent as the bad guys and, you know, generate animosity and so forth. And that's another version of the old divide and rule tactics. And, of course, it feeds the military-industrial complex. Anyway, the whole psychosis of, of all of this sort of foreign policy bullshit um, is becoming rather starkly obvious, given what's going down at the moment. But anyway, let's move on to Section 3. As you can see, there's been quite a bit of publishing in the newsletter this past week, which is great. Um, so there are sort of three topics to look at, the first of which is the article on the action by Ansar Allah, otherwise known as the Houthi, and which I thought was beautiful, because I called it <laughs> before Pepe Escobar, which I thought was pretty cool. And that is that the Houthi are the group that have actually done the most effective um, compliance with the Genocide Convention by actually making a lot of trouble for Israel and forcing them, to, you know, forcing the world to look at this problem. And the the bravery award goes to the Republic of South Africa. And there's there's a few articles on that topic around. I didn't include them, which was a bit on my part. So yeah. Hats off to the Republic of South Africa, who know a thing or two about genocide. So, well done them. So, yeah, I was really happy to see the, uh, as you can see in the anti-war headlines, like the response to what the Houthis are doing is like, you bastard, because they're threatening the world economy. Uh, well, they're threatening the, threatening the European economy, actually, is what they're doing, because the vast majority of their trade moves through the Red Sea. So, there you go. Well done. Um, and sa Allah. The next part is the combination of the two attacks. So first of all, Israel killing the deputy leader of Hamas uh, with whom they were negotiating for hostage release. So there you go. That's how much, that's how much they care about the you know, prisoners. That's the, anyway. And then the second attack, of course, is the bombing of the uh, march to commemorate the fourth anniversary of the assassination of Qasem Soleimani uh, by the US under Trump, as it were. Uh, and the supposition is that we know Israel is involved in the first, and they killed not just um, the deputy Hamas leader, but also six other civilians, two of which, it turns out, so we find out afterwards, were supposedly members of Islamic group. What is this Islamic group, please? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so Blumenthal. There's a great interview with Blumenthal uh, on judging freedom, in which he reckons it's probably MEK that's behind this, and then the ISIS claim responsibility. But then people, you know, random posts on social media for ascribing blames, and like, what the, you know, this is, social media is infested with military intelligence trolls and the rest of it. I mean, it's just a place to pump out narrative. So I take all of that with a serious grain of salt. 
It would be investigations that are done locally by uh, both the police and which perhaps we'd find out about um, in Iran. Uh, and the real investigation will be done by their um, intelligence services to find out who this was, so they find out who the other people are, so they can find out who these people are and make sure they're completely wired and so forth. Welcome to the modern world. And the last article that I wanted to speak about is the one I've just published, uh, Escalation Management. I hope you enjoy that play, because there was a really good piece by Scott Ritter uh, last year, when was that? Mid-November, late November. We're talking about how effective um, Nasrallah has been in, uh, in terms of escalation management. He's very interested in escalation management itself because it's fundamentally uh, related to war. How do you stop conflicts getting out of control? And so his analysis is to look at what uh, Nasrallah, that's the leader of Hezbollah, how he's been managing the organisation to keep shit under control because Israel's constantly provoking the members of uh, Hezbollah and they need to be controlled. Uh, so this is escalation management on both sides. So it's, uh, he's full of praise uh, for Nasrallah in this. Um, and so what I'm, you know, I'm sort of double playing with escalation management because we've got the tour by Blinken Lights and supported by uh, Jungle Joseph Burrell basically going, we don't want this to get any more out of control, which means we're quite happy with ha- things as they are, thank you very much, because they, the US could stop this war like yesterday. They just call up Israel and say, we are now cancelling all of your foreign aid right now. The whole damn thing, doesn't matter what we've said today, we just can't, everything that hasn't been paid, we're instantly cancelling it and that's it. You fucking stop this or we're done. It could happen that quickly. Um, and equivalently, the um, the U.S. Congress could do the same thing. They could pass a, a law which says, "That's it. We cancel everything. Anything that hasn't been paid, kill it. We want. That's it. We're done." So there you go. It all sits in essence with the U.S. So when they're saying we don't want this to escalate, it's full of shit. They are quite happy to pump money into their military-industrial complex and have the. Uh, Israelis use it to execute a genocide. This is fine and dandy by them. So anyway, I reckon that'll do it for this week. But no, let's have one last point. I actually, am, I'm starting to feel a bit of hope. Maybe it's the you know beginning of the year and it's, it's false dawn. Um, but I think the psychosis that exists in the leadership of the West is now so starkly obvious that people just can't miss it. People are going through this uh, cognitive dissonance thing, and I think they'll get through it, and they'll go, really? Yeah, that's how effed up shit is. And that doesn't mean that, you know, Russia or China are our saviors. No, 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 no. It just means they haven't completely lost it. So, you know, it's temporary expectations a bit there, but we can certainly see just how perverted and how psychotic the leadership of the West is. They have no idea what they're doing. They are trapped inside a worldview and approach that's an addiction to power and uh, an abuse of the people they're supposed to represent by pumping out bullshit, by not looking after their interests. It's just insane. So, um, yeah, let's go back to good old... um, uh, Vijay Prashad. Let's um, grab our musical instruments, hit the streets, play music, laugh, 
Have a good time and let them know we don't accept this bullshit. Have a good one. See you next time. Welcome back to Yes, X or No Audio.